good for some people that are, you know, intro awakening. It, Dr. Guerrero yeah. was the same thing for me. He was very um, influential and pivotal for my initial awakening. And um, then I started to kind of question his motives and his agenda and what he represented. And I still don't even totally know how I feel about him, but I am grateful for the information he has presented. Everything that Greer kind of talks about along the lines of the unacknowledged programs and the black programs were, were really the, the beginning of my awakening. Like my, my spiritual awakening came secondary. I was doing, um, I was studying aerospace engineering at uh, nice. Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. And um, it was through that that I started to wake up to the deeper black projects that were going on. And one of the things that really was initially like alarming to me was um, there was a teacher at the school who was the, he was considered the father of the F-22, which is the most um, successful fighter jet in history, officially, you know, in the mainstream. And he was the father of the F-22. He was like the design manager and like did everything behind it. And he worked at Skunk Works and he was the project manager for like tons and tons of projects at Skunk Works. And so he was officially retired from Skunk Works and he was still working as a contractor for them, but working for the university. And he had like, he was given models by Lockheed and if you don't know, Skunk Works is the advanced aerospace department of mm. Lockheed Martin, which is a big aerospace contractor. Yep. Um, Skunk Works is where, is where all the like high-tech stuff is actually developed. And even that is kind of a smokescreen. But okay. uh, he, he was in charge of several uh, black projects. And so he would receive models of the different projects he was in charge of. And for ones that were uh, declassified, they were like the actual plane. But for the other ones, there were still several projects from like the 1970s that were still classified. And he had, they basically gave him like a black rock to symbolize those black projects. So he had like five black rocks on his desk. And it was then that I was like, wow, like if there are projects from the 1970s, 80s that are still classified, like that tech is still a dominant type of advanced tech, then there's some truth that's not being shared here. And there's, yeah. there's something more going on. Yeah, what does that tell you? Yeah. <laughs> and then exactly. on top of that, he would show videos of the Aurora program, like kind of conspiracy YouTube videos. He would show them in his classroom and kind of chuckle and uh, make like hints that he'd helped develop that. And I was like, Oh man. But like everybody else, it just kind of went over their head. They, they just thought it was funny. And I was like, yo, there's some, uh, there's some real shit going on here. <laughs> now, like in retrospect, I know that my vibration, like the song of my being, if you will, it changed so dramatically that like everything I was doing and even the people I was hanging out with, the job I had, like everything that I was doing before that moment, like became irrelevant. And it was like oil and water. Like it like wouldn't stick on me anymore. I left everything <laughs> because yeah. it was just completely irrelevant, you know? That's how it was supposed to happen for me, you know, because then I knew nobody was telling me like, oh, you should believe this or believe that. Like once I knew yeah. some things, I, I, I could never look back, you know, because it was just so it, it was crazy. Like, I guess the best way I can say it is like I, I went my whole life being kind of skeptical, like even of the church and, you know, mm -hmm. skeptical of what I was being taught from school and skeptical of what I was being taught by my parents 
And then when I had that awakening, like I, I knew it was, I knew it was true. It, I think it was maybe the first thing in my entire life that I knew for sure was true. Of course, the universe is full of life. Of yeah. course, there's intelligent beings who are already here and are watching everything and they're just like blown. Of course, like it, it just like all clicked into place. I was walking through Barnes and Noble and it, this has never happened before or since. And this book like fell off the shelf. Like I, I had to get it and it was called Atlantis Rising. And it's by this woman, Patricia oh. Corey. And it was just so seemingly random, but now I know nothing's random. But so this book like fell off the shelf and I got it. And I started reading it. And it's all it's like uh, these six dimensional beings from the Sirius star system channeled through this woman, Patricia Corey, like talking about like in great, great detail, like all the different cycles of humanity and like Atlantis and like the rise and fall of Atlantis and its different cycles. And I was starting to get like vivid memories of like my experience there and i was just like so overwhelmed by it and then i found uh abraham hicks like i said and i brought all the i brought these teachings with me to the tibetan buddhist place and and then i was like soaking in their energy for six months and so that was the beginning of my awakening the only thing i really kept with me over all these years was abraham hicks because it, it felt like just gold like it felt like oh, this yeah, wisdom so many things that i hear are just like it, you know, it may be relevant for the moment, um, but I, but I'm really, I'm really into like the the lasting, the golden knowledge. You know, that stuff that is gonna apply like throughout time and space. You know, mm -hmm. I want to learn that stuff that like I can go off into another solar system and it's still applicable. At the very least, there's massive, extremely advanced projects that are existing right now and have for decades. I was blown away when I heard William Tompkins just from the fact that I 100 million percent knew that he was legitimate. And furthermore, he claims that he is that the Navy is is vouching for him and condoning that he was coming forward, uh, which is really fascinating. He didn't just go rogue like he was literally asking, like, is this OK? Can I say this? And they're saying, yeah, it's time. Like he said that his Navy League uh contact because he was the head of the navy league in medford oregon for like a long time so he's super super ingrained in these projects and he said recently that before he passed he said that they they told him like tell your whole story like don't leave really? anything out go for okay. it to me it is the most airtight testimony that has ever come out and it is the most revealing and expansive I think it's in, like, in perfectly perfectly actually. with william Tompkins, who said the Navy was and the U.S. intelligence was working with certain extraterrestrials, you know, like you could say the Nordics or whatever. The and then the Nazis, the Nazis were working with reptilians. And, and in the book, it, 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 it alludes to them working with reptilians. It doesn't say it does. It says everything but that. And it also alludes sure. to insectoid beings like really, really, really strong, like over and over and over again. They reference insectoid um, swarm. They say the word swarm like probably 500 times in that book, how all the negative extraterrestrials are this hive mind type of swarm type of entities. And they talk about um, these like supranational organizations that are creating their own secret space program and they're like influencing politics and um, just super powerful, infinite money. At the very end of the first book, 
the CIA guy, one of the CIA guy takes one of the main characters who's this pilot who flies these unconventional craft. They take him down to this underground base. They put him on a railway tram, an underground railway tram. And he goes to this secret location and he sits down at a table with this CIA guy. And the CIA guy basically says, the Greek gods were real. They were extraterrestrials. We have some of their technology and they never left. If this is what the deep state is saying. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine how far along this disclosure path we already are? If this is what the controlled narrative is saying, they're saying extraterrestrials are real. They're all throughout our history. You know, in the, the beginning of the second book, they literally say that language, like language on earth came from extraterrestrials. Like language itself wow. was seeded from extraterrestrial. This is from the deep state through and time. What, and I know it'll sound kind of dry and dusty, but the they're really like the big grand things because as far as philosophy is concerned, that's basically that how you use your own consciousness to make sense of reality. So and psychology is like the mechanics of your beingness. And then law is the fundamental rules that make up existence itself. So if you think about life like a video game. The way that the video game is set up, that's where the law comes in, like all the things you can and can't do. Your psychology is like, well, how is the character set up? What skills does it have? And then psychology or philosophy is you actually using all of that in real time to do things. So when I made contact with those three big branches, I started to realize, yeah, actually everything does relate to itself. And if I can speak to these three subjects really clearly, and I can give people tools not only to discern whether or not the information they're understanding is true and accurate, but then how to use it in their lives and how to not be dogmatic with it. So um, one of the things I really try to emphasize is uh, discernment because in my, my time in the awakening community, which I've been involved since um, publicly since 2013, I've noticed there's a lot of people holding what I call flags of truth. You know, this is my truth. You have to believe it. Maybe there's another person who's got another truth that doesn't really jive with the same, but, you know, they want you to believe it. And I realized that there was a lot of people who, a lot of great information, but not a lot of, like, deep, rich understanding. Because ultimately, from a philosophic standpoint, from, like, a, what's called ontology or the study of beingness, the truth is one. There's only one truth. But we all have different perspectives on that truth, which means that if we can work and figure out how to weave our perspectives together, then we can unite as a people to not only make our lives better, but free ourselves from this tyrannical control system that we have. Researching male and female dynamics and how the cabal use divide and, conquer, divide and conquer tactics to separate men and women and destroy the human family and consciousness itself. Um, I'm also researching what I'm calling kind of like the, the spiritual mechanism or blueprint that allows the creator's essence and plan to actually flesh itself out inside the creation through psychology and how that works in your actual body, which is really fascinating because once you understand the kind of spiritual psychology, what I call spiritual psychology, all of your other human motivations start to make sense. And one of the control mechanisms the Kabbalah uses against us is to make it so that we don't know who we are. We don't know our own nature. We don't know where we come from. We don't know what the universe is. And because of that, we don't really know our identity. I mean, if you don't know what your identity is, if you don't know where you're coming from, what you want to do, who you are and where you're going, it's very easy for you to be manipulated and led astray. And we're basically living in a world where humanity has forgotten itself 
And because of that, we're all kind of blindly walking off a cliff together in a, in a collective sense, not everybody individually, but in a collective sense. You got to realize that the deep state or the cabal, these guys are ancient psychologists. These guys have been studying human nature for all of human history. And arguably, they inherited a whole lot of information from extraterrestrials or extra dimensional beings and things like this. So these guys know you better than you know yourself. And if you think you can live a happy, productive life without gaining self-knowledge, you're dreaming. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to know what you're doing. You have to know how your body works. You have to understand how your consciousness works. And when you do that, it can be a little intimidating because at first, you know, the things that we're sold from society in is to, we want to live like a, a kind of hedonistic lifestyle where it's all about pleasure and fun. And, you know, we don't have to worry about our problems. We can just mask over them. You can just take a pill. You can go see a movie. You, know, you can drink a beer, whatever it is, the thing that's going to make you escape from your problems. But in reality, in your efforts to escape from one slaughterhouse, you're moving right into another one without even being aware of it. You know, the reason people wake up at all is because the, the maps of knowledge or the beliefs that they're using to organize their reality break down at some level. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that breakdown happens, your, the way your psychology works is you, you go into kind of a crisis mode and it feels usually feels really intense. You get a lot of anxiety. It can cause sometimes paranoia or anxiety attacks. And what's happening is you're going to like a hyper state of awareness because your brain or your consciousness, which is itself guided by spiritual and a spiritual being or plan is looking to get more information. So, you know, the, from a, a kind of a grand perspective from a, what is the spiritual, the spirits trying to do to the flesh or to the body and the mind to allow evolution to take place we have a whole body designed to be receptive to information. And we evolve through information. We evolve through exploring ideas spiritually. So when you have a belief system, and this is one of the things that Cabal really tries to do, they want to get you to believe things, but they don't want you to understand why you believe them. Exactly. And once yep. you do that, you identify with it. It becomes a part of your identity. And now some other belief comes in that counters that. Your, your natural reaction, your animalistic reaction is to be like, no, 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 that can't be true. There's a reason they spent so much time trying to make history or the people who lived in the past seem like antiquated cavemen, you know, mm -hmm. people didn't know any better kind of thing. And don't get me wrong, obviously we've made advances over the years, but to say that wisdom that was working, you know, a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, 5,000 years ago is just useless. That's just not true. You know, it's just not the way reality works. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is one of the reasons they've systematically tried to control Spirituality is a pretty good general term for it, but the, I would say that the hidden definition of religion is your personal experience in exploring the divine and then in turn yourself. So it has to be a personal experience. If, mm -hmm. you, go, if you go to a major religion, they're gonna, you're going to see the same kind of ideas, but they're prepackaged. It's like mm -hmm. walking into like a quickie mart instead of, you know, making the food yourself or something like that. Mm -hmm. From a spiritual evolution perspective, you don't evolve by memorizing intellectual, bland, dead intellectual facts. You evolve by contemplating this stuff and integrating it and studying it and, and asking yourself, well, what does this mean? And then in the act of studying what it means, it actually creates these deeper structures in your consciousness that literally change who you think you are in relation to all that is. So that's one of the big things, the reasons why religion has been so in charge of trying to control what people think of the universe is and what their relationship to it is because if people organically started doing that then they would start to develop a lot of empowerment and some of the uh, i guess you could say the better spiritual circles out there i mean even in the in, in, i would say to contextualize this properly 
in the modern era, we have this explosion of different types of spirituality. We have New Ageism, we have Hermeticism, we have, you know, the Blavatsky kind of New Ageism. We've got like the, um, the what's the Law of Attraction type of New Age. Mm. And a lot of these, they sound really good on the surface and they do have a lot of good things in them, but it's just the same model of believe this, don't think too hard. You know mm. what I mean? Just blindly keep following this thing. Yeah. So it's a perfect example of using these, the, the fear of social ostracization, the fear of being cast out of your social group as a way, a manipulation tool to get you to slip into a false belief system. And it works beautifully. It works flawlessly. I mean, we were talking about this off, uh, you know, before we get on air and that um, you got to really give respect to the cabal. And, you know, in this instance, I mean, they're, they're playing people like fiddles. Most people are just buying into it, hook, line, and sinker, yeah. especially in the awakening community. A ton of people mm -hmm. in the awakening community are buying yeah. into it. So, you know, this is one of the things that I, you know, just to get on my, my soapbox here for a second, this is why I really preach discernment because discernment is so vitally important. It's so easy to be led astray in life. And if you're not careful, you're driving off a cliff and you're taking a whole bunch of people behind you because you've strong armed them into believing what you think is the right thing, but you don't even know yourself. So mm. it's really, you really got to take the time to do discernment, be brave, go into your own belief system and say, how do I really know is this true? And be honest with yourself. If you don't have a good answer, then try to deal with that and process that. It's going to be a hard thing. It's, it's definitely one of these moments where you go from being an infant mentally to being an adult. And once you do that, man, the rest of your life just opens up in a big, amazing way. So much. I've yeah. just had weird experiences really like all my life. Like my first memory is of me being astral projected, watching my mom push me through a uh, parking lot, like a grocery store parking lot while I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just watching her and myself sleeping in a stroller. I, I got older and learned what astral projection was. Other than that, it was just this weird memory I had that I didn't really have much of an explanation for. And I've got a number of those. <laughs> Whenever I was six months old, I was given vaccinations and within 24 hours, my body was completely paralyzed. My mom brought me back to the hospital and they had already erased my hospital records and they told her, uh, we're sorry, your child's never been here before. And wow. then they wow. proceeded to tell her that I was just lazy, that there was nothing wrong with me. And so, which, yeah, which doesn't make sense at no. all. Because <laughs> yeah. one, one more doctor after that told her that, and then she went fine, like, to some sane people, and they slapped something else on me, post-file lumbar myelopathy, which is basically damage to the uh, lower spine from a viral infection caused by the vaccinations, which made my own body attack itself. Wow. And so that left me with nervous system damage, <clears throat> which I'm still working to heal. Literally every day of our lives, probably, you know, on a hourly basis, we get cancer in our bodies because all cancer really is is a cell that has mutated and it's no longer functioning in the normal right as a cell should and so it it's just wreaking havoc and the body knows how to shut those cells down so a cell mutates it shuts it down that cell dies 
all is well again. Literally, just the intake of oxygen is degrading our cells moment by moment. And your body's natural antioxidants that restore it back to health because these free radicals, what a free radical is, and it is a reactive oxygen species. So it's literally just an uncontrolled, unstable oxygen molecule in your cell that's going around stealing electrons from where they're needed and wreaking havoc. And when your body is in proper order, we are designed to heal pretty much anything. And that's what it does on a daily basis. We'll get cancer and we're healed from it. We are the cure to cancer. So it's really not about healing something. It's about returning to harmony so that your body will heal itself because it already knows what yeah. to do. You don't have to think it out. It, it's, yeah. it's yeah. Fasting can do a lot for you too because oh, yeah. our bodies are so used to just constantly being bombarded by junk that just giving it a break can have a whole lot of healing effects because you know it just leaves us with our body which already knows what to do i have a friend who is a vietnam war vet and he had a above top secret crypto clearance in the military yeah in the air force and during his time at maelstrom air force base in great falls montana he actually, he saw Bigfoot. Like it wasn't connected to his, you know, service, but it was during his time in the military while he was out uh, adventuring around Montana, seeing the sights as he did every Saturday with his uh, military friend. And they were driving along this rocky, craggy area. And he said they came to the spot where up on a hill, they saw something really large digging in the dirt. And it looked like it was just, you know, scratch, scratching at some rocks. And they stop and are staring at it. And as they're staring at it, it stands up to its full height and shouts and, you know, d- does that typical. Yeah. It's yeah. really funny to hear this, you know, 67-year-old man give his Sasquatch call, what he <laughs> sounded like. And uh-huh. he, he tells me that it then it ran down this hill like full sprint and came right up to their car and posted its hands up on the hood and peered into the window and he said that wow he was looking at this sasquatch in the eyes and he said it had soft brown and super intelligent eyes he could just see how incredibly intelligent it was and he said as he was looking into his into her eyes that he knew that she didn't want to hurt him and he knew that she knew he didn't want to hurt her and he said that she had breasts and that they were lactating and so he was he's really she was a mama sasquatch and that she had some young somewhere around there and after you know, look him in, looking him in the eye for several seconds, she turns off and runs. And wow, he's like, That's his incredible. friend is like, did you see that? He's like, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and they get out and he said he put his big military boots into uh, this, uh, one of the footprints right there in front of his car. And he said it just swallowed his foot up. Uh, like, wow. you know, like, 
a footprint like this big mm. that just follows your military boot. My friend's story too, because he told us that after he got out and was checking out the footprints that they finally gained the courage to go search for her. And they didn't know where she could have gone because it was just, you know, this rocky area with, you know, not much to hide behind. And the direction she ran, uh, he said, didn't have any obvious hiding spots. And so they were just baffled as to where she went. Yeah. Got right out of sight and then blinked. I've discovered that the same reason that they think that vaccines are causing autism, like I've read through what they say uh, is causing that. And it's literally exactly what the doctors told me happened to my spine. So in the case of autism, what happened to me where it makes your body attack itself happens in the brain for autism. But for me, it happened in my spine. So it gave me nervous system damage instead of more brain center neurological damage. Post-viral lumbar myelopathy. Okay. And then they, they say it was post-viral lumbar myelopathy turned Guillain-Barre. And Guillain-Barre syndrome is one that people have a little bit more familiarity with. And that's basically the renamed version of polio. Now there's this push that, you know, we all see this push, like anything anti-vax related is being suppressed, taken oh, off the line. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. you heard a story last week, Kara Mooney was on and she said one of her friends uh, had the feds after, after him for diving into some anti-vax stuff online. Uh, it's, it's getting out of hand. and It really is. And then you have personal experiences as yourself coming forward, uh, living the reality of it. And yeah, and I've heard people say like that they they are okay with some kids getting injured by this because they are that convinced that it will create this herd immunity where you know even the ones who can't get vaccinated will you know be safe because they have herd immunity now, which is even which though is, that their vaccine which is a complete can't even. Myth. Yeah, it's always, almost always get sick immediately after your vaccinations. People are programmed with this false superiority, and really, they really it's... think that the science behind all this has been, you know, solid from the beginning when it's just not even remotely the case. Like, for instance, yeah. some of these quote-unquote studies has actually, in all these years of vaccination, not one of them has compared vaccinated children with unvaccinated children. Mm -hmm. to see which ones are actually healthier they yeah. haven't done that i just i don't know how anyone could expect someone like me who has been directly injured by vaccinations to just go along with mandatory vaccinations you think i'm gonna let my kids be vaccinated after i already know that my genetics yeah. has a predisposition for being you know harmed yeah. or even maybe possibly targeted by these uh, vaccinations no Back when I first had my spiritual awakening, back in uh, 2015, when it really kicked in strong, I was just scooting around. I literally couldn't walk at all at the time. Like, my right leg couldn't support any weight, and I was just, you know, scooting across the ground and pulling myself up into my wheelchair to get around. And I had this shift that happened where I went from, in a matter of really a week or two, I went from hardcore militant atheist to spending 
80% of my time outside meditating and connecting with nature. It, it was it was a really big jump for me because I was I was already on the fence because I've you know, I've had so many weird experiences in my life. So I always believed in consciousness and I always wanted to believe in, you know, like psychic abilities and whatnot, but I, I didn't want to let myself believe and get my hopes up, you know, for something mm -hmm. that wasn't real. And so I held myself back and I cling pretty hard to my atheist mentality until finally enough things started adding up and it was it was really the aerokinesis bit like learning aerokinesis and like tapping into my own chi that just blew it all open for me and like it was it was i could literally feel the massive shift in my reality like it was like i was no longer it was like i woke up in a completely different world i even have notes where i've written that you know like i felt like i was in a parallel reality and so really? much more became possible like that and so i went from scooting around to actually being able to stand up and walk and take steps in about two and a half three weeks time because i started do using chi work on my body and started projecting that energy into my legs and just like kind of running my hands down them and like just really feeling that magnetism throughout every part of my body and pulsing healing and tension through that and yeah it was two three week period of time that like it, it, it there was there was no going back whatsoever i call it uh harmonization and so you're just going out meditating on your oneness realizing that everything around you is just a reflecting a reflection of yourself and then connecting out with that and you literally start just feeling the energy and you really have to not take oneness for just you know uh, uh, some word you've got to feel it you've got to know that everything around you is a part of you and you start branching your energy out and you just feel the wind going across your skin and you start playing with it and this led to some pretty profound results pretty quickly where I was I was directing the wind and it was doing exactly what I wanted I've demonstrated to a large number of people at this point it was really funny whenever I uh demonstrated to my grandma because I had made a video and I had this 10 minute video and I I show it to her and the first thing my own grandma tells me is well, how long did you have to sit outside to get that filmed? Like, you know, like <laughs> I sat there for hours yeah. on end just to get this little piece of footage where, you know, it looked for several minutes like I was tuned in with the wind. And I was like, well, thanks, Grandma. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like the, if you won't even trust me, like, how, how, how is anyone else going to see this video and trust it? And so I I brought her outside. I was like, you know what let's let's just go outside it's 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 a good time of day for this so brought outside it's about 4 p.m in the evening and like none of the none of the trees in her yard like she's got a big yard filled with trees there are trees across the uh, stand of trees across the street and nothing's really moving at all there's there's no wind movement and I point that out to her and I then start doing energy work, tapping into the surroundings. And within a minute, I've got, you know, the whole yard 
moving with air and the trees across the street and i start blowing wind onto the front porch to so that you know it's wow. giving my my grandma a nice breeze and she's just sort of blown away like she's like whoa you know he's, he's not just messing with me yeah. <laughs> i know without a doubt that everyone can do what i can do and i think i think that's probably where my atheism my atheism in the beginning helped me a lot because I was already questioning everything. There was nothing I wouldn't question. And, and so I was liberated, but also extremely confused at the same time until I found, you know, something to really start building what I thought was truth out of. And I've actually got a, an experience that happened really early on that I'd like to share with the audience because that one that one was a big shift for me because I had been you know doing a lot of research and whatnot about advanced technologies and you know government corruption and all that before I finally made the jump to you know doing aerokinesis so I was already highly interested in government corruption and like you know taking my health into my own hands and eating all organic and I had been reading quite a bit about it at this time and i'd even uh, started reading that uh textbook that's out on anti-gravity so i was i I was outside doing aerokinesis and i'd already been told i i'd been told by uh some people that i was learning from that i might see strange things and that you know i shouldn't shouldn't freak out if i do see anything like extremely weird so i learned that basically the military has very advanced satellite imagery and they can detect minor shifts in energy across all of the planet. They can even detect our individual energies. And so I was outside in my uh, backyard. And at the time, whenever I was learning this, I was, uh, I was living in a trailer park. So I was, I was having to be very careful constantly looking around to make sure no one was walking by while I'm sitting here playing with the wind and waving my hands all about <laughs> and I'm out there playing for a little while and I take a good 10, 15 minute break and I'm just sitting there on the steps enjoying my time. And I look back and forth like I'm in the habit of doing and something flips in me and I'm like, wait a second, what did I just see? And I whip my head back leftward and above my neighbor's trailer, a good 50 to 70 feet away from me is this metal orb it's just imagine as dark of a gray as you can without making it black and just it looks like a super dense metal and it had these engravings on it that like it had like an area engraved for the camera port and then these other engravings that went all the way around it and kind of over the top as well and it was all in like rather sharp angular lines and this thing had to be between eight inches and a foot in diameter. And it was just hovering there. And as I was looking back at it, it's in the middle of turning on its axis. It's not yet moving. So it was just sitting there watching me until I spotted it. And then it starts just smoothly turning on an axis like nothing I'd ever seen before and just starts flying away silently and there doesn't even seem to be much of a hurry to it because uh, I get to watch it for a good 10-15 seconds before it flies behind a stand of trees and just kind of continues going out and upward and wow, I was that's baffled. Awesome. Incredible. 
and I just I just started cursing. I was like, "Holy f and f!" Yeah. And I got I got super excited, and I, I still haven't ever seen another one of those orbs. And I just wonder, was that orb shown to me on purpose? Was it say oh, uh, absolutely? Some, like like surely if it has electrogravitics, then it also has the cloaking technology. You know. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, basically yeah. the same technology because it just has to bring its mass down to zero and then when your mass is zero in this dimension you sort of blip out because you're no lo- longer connected to our vibratory you know field i became pretty set on like filming something and every time i would have a contact experience my i would be just too late to like barely too late to pull my camera out and get it recorded or I would be trying to record it and nothing would show up on the camera. After I got into aerokinesis, it was really a short order for me to start getting into CE5. And that's Close nice. Encounters of the Fifth Kind, yeah. uh, Stephen Greer's protocols. It was just one thing after another that was coming into my reality. And then I was proving it to myself. Like, or it would manifest an experience that did prove it to me, like with the orb. So it was just like one thing after another coming into my reality that before wasn't a possibility. And now I accept it as a possibility and I actively work towards bringing it into my reality and I get a confirmation. And so that just radically changed my life. And CE5, I just highly recommend to anyone, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind means human-initiated extraterrestrial contact, meaning you're the one who is taking the step to invite beings from all throughout the galaxy or cosmos or, you know, beyond (laughs) to your location so that y'all can have some sort of co-created experience together. There's sometimes, like, Stephen Greer does a lot of the pujas and whatnot. I don't really yeah. do any of that, but I'll listen to one of his meditations for it. And like, if you're new to it, definitely start off listening to his meditations for it. Nowadays, I just I just know the protocol. I might put on you know some of the tunes from his ET Contact Tool app, and that's a seven dollar app. But I really do high, highly recommend it. It's it's got a bunch of fabulous tools and like little tones that you can play that sort of attract, you know that because there's some recordings on there from crop circles and tones of that nature like one of my first experiences was because I didn't start CE5 until after I'd already seen that orb so I had I had that experience under my belt when I started and I started just putting out the intent that I wanted to have contact you know without the expectation to get you know some cool flashy show right before my eyes as I was asking for it yeah and at the time had the habit of I was always waking up at five o'clock every morning and I'd go sit out under the stars and meditate and I'd always I I was seeing orbs do weird aerial maneuvers pretty much every morning for a while there but there came this one morning where I accidentally woke up at six and I was like dang you know I was disappointed I missed my you know meditation under the stars and I go outside immediately to let my dog out and I roll up to the steps and I look up and my eyes immediately are fixed on one of you know 12 stars that are left in the sky because the sun is coming up and I'm watching this one star in particular don't still can't tell you why 
I fixated on this star from the get-go, but it starts moving and it grows brighter and brighter and brighter until it's about, geez, it had to have been 10 to 15 times as bright as what it had originally started out as. And it was already one of the brightest stars in the sky. And it just, it grew really bright. And as it traveled like a quarter of the way across the sky, it got to its brightest point and then it just blinked out of existence. I then saw this little gray blip and then it was gone. I was like, I might've woke up, you know, late tonight, but yeah, there's, there's my greetings. I mean, we're in a, a time of like massive acceleration and I, I, I think we can really see this, you know, the polarities or the duality getting to the extreme where people are either like really, really awakening or they're getting darker and darker and more and more set in their ways in refusal to like open up to the new energies coming in. So, I mean, it's a reconfiguration. The thing is we're all getting these activations of this, you know, ether energy. And what it does is it heals our DNA. It purifies, um, you know, our internal elements. And in response, the earth is going to, you know, kind of respond to that and shift itself accordingly based on what we're able to carry. And so this threat of transhumanism and artificial intelligence, you know, is that timeline where we're not going to see those sort of improvements. Yeah, the ascension energy is really like a purification. You know, that's that, that fire, the fire water, you know, purifies. Um, and that's why we're seeing a global detox and we're seeing all this stuff come to the surface regarding deep state, crimes against humanity, things like satanic ritual abuse, child trafficking, you know, all the different things that are controlling the entertainment industry, the music industry. Um, you know, and it's really hard for a lot of people to you know, process, but um, alchemy or, or, you know, this purification wouldn't be able to happen without understanding all this. Because when we understand the energy, it's just like on the planet right now, when we bring light to these dark agendas and we bring it, you know, out of hiding, it doesn't hold as much power anymore. And so these unconscious aspects of self that are wreaking havoc on our bodies are creating symptoms. The minute we can see the root of it and bring it to the surface, it loses its power because it's been set free. Because mostly pain and any kind of illness is something that we haven't been able to process that the body ends up taking over, you know, to sound the alarm. But um, what I feel is the medical industry sort of takes advantage of that. And we, we get almost further away from ourselves versus becoming closer to ourselves. There are dark technologies that were put uh, in the earth, you know, thousands of years ago to um, create reversals so that the Baphomet sort of satanic rulership would be what operates the world. And now that's, that's all coming to an end. There's aspects that show that it cannot continue, uh, continue anymore. But the thing is, you know, if people don't align with what's organic and what's real, there's plenty of ways to trap a soul and steal their energy, even though they don't need to go that route. And so when people are just so stuck on the propaganda, the news and everything that's outside of them, it'd be really good for them to step back swim with some dolphins, go camping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when Tiamat exploded, it fragmented, um, became the asteroid belt. And so all of us have been somewhat fragmented and what it's created is a vulnerability to um, be, you know, controlled or, or siphoned upon because when we're traumatized, we're not exactly whole. There's almost, you know, we're kind of shattered and there's fragments of ourselves. We hold ancient trauma that we're so unconscious to that we don't realize that, a lot of how we operate as humans is coming from that, but, but still not having the awareness of it. So part of our emotional bodies are easily manipulated. We see that with, you know, women and, um, you know, the suppression of the feminine within men and the promotion of negative ego. So that's that Saturn energy wanting to create that programming and that imbalance between the masculine and feminine. And as long as we're fragmented and as long as we're unconscious, 
it's going to continue to play out. But when we dig deeper, it's not so much about understanding the galactic history. It's about understanding the detrimental effects that these cataclysms, these explosions have had on the balance and to just retrieve as many aspects as possible um, and embrace as much of yourself as possible. People tend to choose sides or choose to only operate from one aspect of self and then they deny the rest and it comes in the form of judgment of others and projections and criticisms. And I'm like, you're just battling yourself here. You know, why are you needing to go after that person? You're actually denying a part of you, you know? And so this is what we can do in unity consciousness is share these fragmented pieces because we all carry a different piece of it and really come together because then we can activate dormant strands of DNA just by coming together yeah. with each other, which yeah. I feel like these kind of events help do because you know, we're not functioning at a lower level when we come together at events like Jones, yeah. you know, no, everybody's feeling better and like, I feel better. I called, like, I called my dad and he asked how it was. I was like, to be honest, I don't even feel like I'm on earth this week. <laughs> so when we look at the lead, when we look at the carbon, that's actually Saturn with the rings, but because Pluto being in the sign of Capricorn and Saturn being conjunct that, in 2020, it's basically um, creating alchemy with Saturn. So, so the lead and the carbon is actually changing on a planetary astrological level. And so as above, so below when it comes to astrology. So if this Pluto energy, which rules death, rebirth, alchemy, and transformation, it's working with the energy of Saturn, which has been the lead, and it's the planet of alchemy, it's actually changing Saturn, which rules structure. In medical astrology, it rules the skeletal system and the teeth. And just the structure of being in a human vessel. So we, we have to walk gently. We have one foot in one world. We're moving into the other. But it's a, a huge alchemical shift on a physical level. And so if it's happening astrologically, we can just breathe into it and, and, and allow it without having to figure out how are we going to do it. We just have to take care of the vessel, make sure we're relaxed and calm and grounded. And it'll do it for us. Yeah. You know, but, but you know, stuff is going to fly out. And I mean, just like a detox. You know, if we're physically detoxing and drinking green juice or going on a fast, we're going to see things we don't really want to see. Old injuries might come back. You know, things will get harder for a little while. But then when you get to the other side of it, more clarity than ever before. So, you know, people have to just be prepared to face these kind of symptoms. And if we can project or, or, or visualize the, the, the fact that it's taking us somewhere better instead of fearing it, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. glide right into this new paradigm, no problem in the ascension energies.